Hey there. Welcome to Christ-Centered Combos. I'm your host, Kristen Ladd. Thanks for joining me as we talk to believers within the Christian Fellowship Ministries to hear the amazing stories of how God has transformed their lives. My prayer is that through each episode, we can be encouraged, uplifted, and inspired to press on towards the calling God has placed on each of our lives. This is uh, Pastor Lewis Oliver with the Potter's House Christian Fellowship Church. And I just want to recommend Christ-Centered Convos as a podcast. It's very encouraging and uplifting, good testimonies. Uh, and we're 100% uh, behind Christian and that podcast. Uh, and so also, uh, those of you that are listening, if you have not gone to our website, it's renoforjesus.com, renoforjesus.com. Thank you. Hey guys, thanks for joining me for this week's episode, my 10th episode. I cannot believe I've already done 10 podcast episodes. Before we get into this week's episode, considering it is my 10th episode, I wanted to give a shout out and a thank you to everybody for their support, all the loyal listeners. I know that I've done this recently couple podcasts back but I wanted to do it again since it's my 10th episode and just kind of going over my stats I have a total of 290 plays people have listened to my podcast 290 times that to me is crazy I know to other people maybe that's nothing but to me God put this on my heart to do and here I am doing it and looks like people are being encouraged so that is encouraging to me um i just wanted to say thank you for everyone who's tuning in and listening everyone who's subscribed if you have not subscribed please do so wherever you listen to podcasts and it's showing also in my stats it tells me the geographic location of most of my listeners The majority is in United States, but it does say also that I have listeners in crazy places like Australia and Germany and Ireland and Denmark. Um, I don't know anybody in those places, so thank you and praise God that you're listening and I hope you're encouraged and that you continue listening. Also, I'm going to add right here, please pray for my podcast that it will be an encouragement to help others. I thank you guys so much. And with that said, this week's episode, I decided to interview Chris Henyon. We've heard earlier in my podcast episodes from his younger brother, Pastor Curtis Henyon. And this family has been an encouragement to me. And I feel like these brothers' story is... um encouraging and could be helpful to anyone maybe who is praying for a son or daughter who is no longer or not at this time living for God but it's just a testament that when we continue to pray for our children our family our unsaved loved ones that God is faithful as I've re-listened to this episode in editing it just is amazing to me as he's telling me these stories of of things that have happened 
throughout the years and the way that God was like continually pursuing him it's just amazing to me how faithful and how gracious and how loving our God is and I hope that this episode and this message is an encouragement to you guys so here it is Thanks for joining me for this week's episode of Christ-Centered Convos. This week, I have with me my brother, Chris Henyon. Thanks for joining me, Chris. Hey, thanks for inviting me. Um, so I just thought you have a pretty powerful testimony, just like your brother. So I thought it'd be good to hear what God has done to transform you and what he brought you out of. So uh, to start, let's... Uh, Let's get your perspective on like your childhood. I just remember always growing up in like party houses. Like always everyone always had a beer in their hand. And it's wherever we were living, it was always a party house. And uh you know, yeah, my our parents were together and just total partiers and then they s- split up ways and uh but I'm just uh I was kinda always glad though, like like my mom never gave up on honest kids. You know. Yeah. Even though maybe they split up, she always stuck with us. Cause I know you know a lot of parents these days, they just they're gone. What is your earliest uh memory of like that party scene and stuff? Do you recall about how old you were when that when that was? Jeez, even like like I, I think my earliest memory I have is uh, uh, like my first Halloween. I was like six months old because there's a picture where I know, like I, I remember that because they drew a mustache on my face, <laughs> and I just remember them drawing something on my face and everybody laughing, and you know they're definitely partying at that Halloween. But so six months old, I remember that. Wow. Like I, I remember one time playing around and uh, running into the living room, and I remembered seeing like a mirror on the table and a bunch of white powder and stuff. And my dad wow. going like, get him back to the room, get him back to the room, get him back to the room, you know? And I was huh. kind of like, wait, we always play out here. Why does he want us to go back to the room now? Huh. But I remembered, and I remember putting it all together because Robocop had the same scene in it, you huh. know, with the mirror, <laughs> the powder. Wow. And, you know, it's kind of like, oh, like, oh, my, you know, you don't know it's drugs, right. but. You knew yeah. it. You knew what it was in a in a sense, you know. So yeah. I grew up always seeing that stuff. So then, um, your parents got divorced, and and then, um, how old were you when your stepdad came into the picture? Was it right away or? No, this uh, years later. Uh, I think I was about a uh, seven, six or seven, when, when uh, my stepdad, Big Chris. And my mom got together. Yeah, I was about seven. And that's about the same time then um, that you guys ended up coming into the church? Yeah. Yeah, I don't know how many months they were together before we came to church. It might have been like a year. could have been like six months. But it definitely was very short after they got together amount of time that we started going to the Potter's house on Rondo cool. Way. And what do you remember from that experience, like when you first came into the church, or how how was that experience for you? I loved it, yeah, because uh, at that time we were living with our real dad, uh, like Monday through Friday, and then on the weekend 
my my mom and Big Chris would come pick us up, and uh, so we'd get the weekend with uh, our, you know, them, and we'd go to church on Sunday. And I remember that would always be the highlight, going to church on Sunday. Oh wow! Uh, because you know, it was just it was fun, just uh, you know, the going to Sunday school, learning the songs, whatever. Oh, okay. It was just it was an awesome experience as a kid. Cause uh, it definitely, it definitely was you know way better than anything else we'd be doing with a uh, dad. Right. So. And then so while that uh, family dynamic was happening, like your dad was partying and stuff, but then your mom was trying to get things right and live for God at that time. Was it a couple years? I would just re-listen to your brother's episode, and he said something happened to where you guys were able to then transition to living with your mom full-time. Do you remember that? Yeah, I remember my mom wanted to get custody of us, so she went to court and did all she needed to do to get custody. And then uh, we went to court, and, you know, my dad never showed up. I think he uh, had warrants at the time, so oh. he wasn't going to go. <laughs> oh, well <laughs> you know, okay. so that automatically <laughs> my mom got custody, you know. And, uh, yeah, so she got custody of us. That's that's kind of neat and interesting, like, thinking and seeing how, like, God was working everything out just the way it needed to be for you guys then. Um, so fast forward a little little bit. You guys are now living with your mom and able to come to church with her and and learn learn about God and learn how to serve God. At what age did you decide to leave the church? Um I was 17 when I left the church, like just turned 17. And uh, I remember it was like June 20th. Yeah, so I, I, wow. turned, <laughs> I turned 17 on April 18th, and it was June 20th when I moved out of my parents' house and like moved done with it. And uh, But like I remember like I was, I was saved at 14. There was definitely hmm. a time I was 14 and I like, parents bought me a bible like i read the whole new testament you know and it's just like i was saved i like loved reading it I was like can't wait to read it you know revelation was my favorite and wow. uh and me and a buddy from church that i grew up with like we'd go out street preaching like my neighborhood at awesome. age 14 or wow. not street preaching but you know outreaching door to door in the neighborhood <laughs> we're like 14 you know and it was just like we were saved and then i uh, you know I don't really know exactly what transpired in my life to where I just turned away from God mm -hmm. or whatever, but uh, maybe it was just, like, bad influence at the skate park. Because I remember, mm -hmm. like, I, I never cussed or nothing, and they'd always make fun wow. of me. Like, man, this guy, he don't even cuss. And they'd be like, say this, say that. And I'd be like, no, why, you know? Hmm. And then slowly it started rubbing off rubbing off yeah, on wow. me. And to where I think, you know, I wasn't saved and kind of didn't want no part of it. And, uh... But I was definitely, I was 17 when I was like, I'm done with it. I don't even want no part of it. Hmm. And I went my way. So, like, there was nothing, like, really big that, that you saw in your life that caused that shift. Like, that's just, I guess, a, a testament of, like, the company you keep will help you go one way or the other, you know? <laughs> and I guess one thing that could probably maybe help or made me, you know, turn from it was you know my parents they 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 lived kind of a double-sided life at mm. that time you know like one way at church different way at home and seeing that you know we're in the same car ride on the way right. 
to church and on the way home and you know you know i love my stepdad miss him but you know he he definitely (laughs) you know he he was definitely both feet out just went to church Mm. and i just remember like if that's christianity i don't want it oh okay so there was an influence even in the home that was not exactly the right uh Examplership that you could have had to guide you correctly. Yeah, but I remember when I was like seventeen, and I think I was like, I had to leave the church because like Pastor knew like if you're not coming here to repent, like you gotta go, you know. And mm. I wasn't coming to repent. I was just living with my parents at the time, and they made me come. Oh, so you had to. <laughs> yeah, so it got to the point where he was like, you know, I think uh, I'm pretty sure I remember. I think I had to I had to leave, but I remember he talked to me. He's like, hey, like don't look at your parents and you know, like for like that's that that's not christianity you know your parents are bad example or whatever he's like get it for you you know but i just yeah. remember it's like not that i wanted to i want to go do all the drugs and drink i want to go be a right. sinner <laughs> it was just <laughs> i just i knew my mind was made up i didn't want to go to church not that mm. i wanted to go straight out and do everything and party right i just knew I didn't want to do church. Your heart just wasn't in it at that time. Yeah. Um, So uh, how long were you away from the church and what transpired in that time? I think it was like seven years. Wow. And like, like I said, I I didn't want to go straight out and party and everything. Like I knew alcohol was a waste of time. I knew it was bad for you. Like I didn't want to do none of it, you know, but, uh, it slowly starts getting around, and then that weekend you're drinking, then you know next month another weekend you're drinking, and then all of a sudden it's every weekend, and it just started to grow and grow yeah. and grow. But uh, in those seven years, um, I remember it was uh, like towards towards the end of it, or not the end of it, but uh, me and my brother we ended up going. You know, it was just a uh, this rave, like Reno's rave scene, I guess, started blowing up right mm-hmm. when we started going. And I remember we went, and uh, I saw my uh, brother, like, take some ecstasy. And I was just like, man, what's like, what's he doing that for? Like, like, like we don't do drugs. You know, we just, like, drink, you know? So, uh, I just want to, sorry, I want to stop here because, like, it's, and even from the stories that I've heard you guys tell, it seems like you always kind of still kept your your pure heart or your pure intentions. Like you knew that you didn't need these things in your life, but your brother was just, he was the more free spirit. And you were just kind of there or what? <laughs> yeah, like like I, th- I was sober at that rave. Hmm. I remember they went and got like some mushrooms. Then he bought ecstasy while he was there. And I think I barely drank and was pretty much sober because there wasn't any alcohol there. So you pretty much weren't like all in on all the party scene like he was. No. You just like kind of hung I out with the same group? or Yeah, well, at that time, our group was three people. Oh. It was just me, my brother, and a buddy Kyle Schindler. Oh, okay. It was just three of us. It was the trio. Hmm. But, uh, yeah, so it was that was like probably the beginning of where things start taking a huge turn Hmm. so that beginning like party opened the door for you guys for a bigger deeper (laughs) hole of partying and drugs and stuff or how did that yeah because like maybe it's kind of one of those things where you 
if, if you've never done it, you don't know. Right. You know, so you don't know what you're missing out on when really you're not missing out on anything. Exactly. But right. it was like, you know, because sin's fun for a season. And I guess this was part of that season where, y- you know, you, you take some ecstasy and you're like, wow, like that was fun. And then what else is there? Right. And then it was like, hey, I hate I always hated drugs. But, hey, I guess I, I did this one. Might as well see what else is out there. Yeah. And it just turned into a like a two year long experiment that that I don't you know, no one should go through. Right. Or want to. <laughs> For sure. So at what point did you decide that you had had enough of the party scene or like, because I know that from other people that I've heard their testimonies, they talk about how they realized how, I mean, I guess we all, everyone who's here now has all come to that, that point in their life where they realize there's nothing else out there and that living for God is the way to go. But like, what, what was it in your life that caused you to? that switch to be flipped or that light to turn back on for you. <laughs> well, we went through a, cause we were all a bunch of metal heads. We'd go to little local shows and we had a bunch of friends and bands and stuff. And so one of our friends, uh, was in this band called the waiting ends and they're just a Reno local metal band, but they invited us to one of their little shows and some, you know, sh- uh, shed in the back of someone's yard, you know? <laughs> and we went there and, he always, he'd always would like preach in the middle of his sets, and like every time I saw him, he said the same thing, like word for word. It was wow. almost kind of like, "Hey man, say something new." <laughs> but the third time he said it, like I was so convicted. It was just one of those things where we're in a the scene in that room. There's a bunch of straight edge people. I don't even know if all the band members are saved, you know, but Hmm. he always said the same thing, but God met with me in that room. And uh, I just remember feeling like, man, I need to change. Like I need to stop this and I need to change. And uh, I remember after that show, I was like, I couldn't even like pay attention anymore because I was just so like, like I need to change. And uh, so after it was over, I went, I was like, hey man, what what church you go to? And he's all, like he wasn't, attending the church at that time he's like but i'm having a uh some bible studies at my house like you know you should come and uh i don't remember exactly the days how it all worked out what day that was but i just remember like i was gonna go to that bible study Mm. but like i think it was the the next day uh yeah because the bible study was in like three days or something and the next day i ended up getting crazy blacked out drunk and like crazy stuff happened where I'm in a jail cell, you know, oh for no. assault with a deadly weapon, you S- know. So you you had that experience where God touched you and you had planned to go to the Bible study. But before you could even get to the Bible study, you ended up at a party, which somehow ended you up in jail. Yeah. Wow. So it's kind of like one of those things where I I feel it's like. Not that the devil made me do right, anything stupid. Right, but like stupid, he's going to try whatever he can the to like intervene. The devil is like, he's going to yeah, get yeah, it yeah. right. I need mm. to take him while I got him. Ooh, it's true. It's <laughs> and crazy. that's the best way I can like see yeah. it, how it all transpired. And and the crazy thing about it too is, you know, I'm in jail in a red jumpsuit and I'm in, in you know whatever cell by myself. And I look on the wall 
And uh, someone wrote in pencil, now's the time to reconnect with the Lord. Whoa. And I just remember like, ugh, like, why am I in this cell? <laughs> it's like, I know that's not written on every cell. Ooh. It's like, why, why am I in this one, you know? But uh, I didn't want to be that guy like, okay, yeah, yeah, now's the time. Okay, yeah, now I turned my back on you, God, for the last seven years, but now I need your help. I didn't want to do that, like that jailhouse mm. repentance stuff you always hear. I, I didn't want to be that guy, like, cause I thought that was it, like, like a cop out almost, like, like, hey, I deserve this, you mm. know. And so I like I didn't call out the God or nothing. I just, I just slept like the first day away, and then mm. then I was awake, and I was just like, man, my future. I didn't know what my future was gonna be like, but uh, I didn't right. think it was gonna be very good. That's for sure. Yeah. So, like, you were aware that God was continually, like, reaching out to you, and you knew what you had to do, but it took you, once you were able to get out of jail, did you then come back to church, or how did that work out? Yeah, my, my uncle bailed me out, because he, he was in and out of jail a lot of his life, so he knew what it was like being in jail, hmm. not getting bail, oh. and so he bailed me out, and I remember I... I only had like 400 bucks in my name, if that. Wow. And I remember I had to give most of it to him to cover the bail. And uh, I remember, I, yeah, like, I got out of jail. I, mean, I was in there for 40 hours. Wow. And I got out, and uh, I remember it was really early in the morning. Or I forget. But uh, it was it was like Saturday or it was like – it was like Saturday. So I knew I, knew I was going to go to church the next day on mm. Sunday. Uh, but I was I was sitting in my room where I was living in my stepdad, and uh, I was just like, just awake, sitting in bed, and I just started thinking, and uh, you know, so this is Saturday night. I think it was you know around one thirty in the morning or something, and uh, I knew I was gonna go to church the next morning, but in that room, I just started thinking, just started thinking, and uh, started thinking about my friends. And it was like, no yeah. matter which friend I thought about, it was like God showed me a sin I did to that person. Wow. And no matter which friend I thought about, it was instant. It was like, it was like, remember that? And I think of a new friend. Remember that? Wow. No matter who, uh, down my list of friends, like my memory is, is jacked up from the druggies. It ain't that good. Yeah. Like he was showing me like, remember that? Remember that, remember that, remember that, and down the list of friends. And I just remember I started crying. And I was like, wow. like Jesus, like I'm a sinner. Come into my heart. I need you. Simplest prayer, but I meant it. Mm. And and being that, that church kid, you know, I wasn't really, s what was I really saved from at a, such a young age? I didn't, you know, I know we're born sinners, but I wasn't saved from much as a kid. But when I left Jesus at 17 and built up sins for seven years, wow. yeah. that, that weight that was pulled off of my shoulders, it was like I, I couldn't stop smiling. I was like, whoa, it's real. Yeah. It's actually real. You know, actually, I guess meeting Jesus for almost seems like the first time after being a prodigal son like for so long. Yeah, fully realizing his grace and his mercy on your life. He it does something to you for sure. <laughs> yeah, That's it awesome. definitely, definitely uh, being born again was an That's awesome. Experience. Awesome. 
Um, so is there a scripture that through your life that, that has been meaningful to you or that you've pulled close to your heart? Um, I was thinking of a scripture for this part, and uh, it was when I was a kind of little story attached to it, when I was a new convert. Like, So I've only been saved maybe three weeks or something. And uh, I remember I'd be at work, and, you know, s- little cuss words would slip out every once Rah, in a while. Yeah. You know, I just remember thinking, like, why do I cuss? Like, why, why did I cuss? Like, mm-hmm. I, all day, uh, I went by all day not cussing, and then it just, like, comes out. And I remember I went home, and uh, Kathleen Moya bought me a Bible mm-hmm. for Christmas. And uh, it was a New Living Translation. But I remember I went through it as soon as I got home, and I opened up, and I was like, like, God, where does it say not to cuss in here? And mm. I just remember I went <laughs> to the back. And uh, went to language, I think, and it took me to this one scripture. Let me read it. It was a, and this is the New Living Translation. Okay. But it was Ephesians four twenty nine. Says, "Don't use foul or abusive language. Let everything you say be good and helpful, so that your words will be an encouragement to those who hear them." And I remember, like, all right, it's in there. Yeah. And then I remember <laughs> I tried to find it again later and it took me like 15 minutes (laughs) it was like when i actually was like god show me in here where it says not to cuss he was like Mm. all right there there there, there it is (laughs) but then later when i tried it's like how did i find that where was that what scripture was that it took me seriously like 15 (laughs) minutes Uh to find out where it was so that was always kind of i guess that that first one of those first scriptures that really stood out to me to be like okay gotta change that it's in there, so you got to go buy it. <laughs> yeah, cool. Um, so then in how long has it been since you came back into the church? How long have you been saved now? Like 10 years. Wow. So um, is there a way lately that God has moved in your life or a way that he's, like, uh, reminded you of his faithfulness and anything recently that he's done for you? I guess uh my family you know like i just had my son a little over a year ago you know i got my three-year-old daughter yeah. my wife you know just the the family that god has blessed me with is awesome yeah. and then the church family too yes awesome um do you have any last comments or encouragement for anyone who maybe is on the fence or wavering or Maybe they're just not all in it, especially like in these times that we're in right now. I think people easily can be um, swayed the wrong way with the way the world is right now. Do you have any encouragement or comments for anyone listening? I just say, uh, don't believe the lies of the devil. Like that's all he's got. Lies, you know, just he wants to take you out of where God put you. And just stick with it, stay with it. And, uh, you know, the devil, you know, he always wants to remind you of your past. You know, like, oh, I remember yep. you did this, you did that. But I remember one of the best things is uh, Kevin Kelly told me once. He's like, you know, when the devil reminds you of your past, you remind him of his, his future. That's you right. know? And so just uh, stuff like that, you know. But, yeah. Don't let the devil lie to you. <laughs> awesome. Um, so my brother Chris is also a really good um, artist. He's written 
some good songs and some good spoken words. So I'm going to close in prayer, and then we are going to hear a spoken word to close out this episode. I hope you guys were encouraged by this, and thanks for listening. Father God, I thank you for this message. God, I thank you for this story, this testimony. I thank you for my brother and his family. God, I thank you for everything that you've delivered and redeemed him from. God, I pray that you continue to move in his life and in his family's life. Continue to bless them, God, and guide them into all that they are to do for you. In Jesus' name, amen. I went from running with the devil to walking with God. You see, this path is narrow. The other was wide. They say the grass is greener on the other side. Well, they're right, because when I die, I get eternal life because of one who had paid the price, and his name is Jesus Christ. He paid the price with his blood. For God so loved the world, he gave his one and only Son, that whoever believes in him shall be saved. But you might say, I didn't ask Jesus Christ to go to the cross for me. But God's love is so good, he did it anyway. You see, before the cross, he went through everything. He healed the sick, rose the dead, but betrayed by everyone. He was born in the manger, tried to be killed by a king. He was whipped in his back till only blood could be seen. They put a crown of thorns on his head because he said he was king. You see, they did this just to mock him. Well, I've had enough of the mockery. I've had enough of the pride. Enough of the spitting in the face of my God. Have you had enough of the pain? Enough of the chains? The bondage to sin and the death that it brings? Well, tonight, I say let's talk down on death. Let's give it up completely. Because the noose can only hold for so long till the breathing is gone. But Jesus wants to give you life. His arms have been open this whole time. So don't believe the lie of the knife or jumping from great heights. Happiness is not waiting on the other side. If only you could talk to those who tried. So don't turn to suicide. But turn to the way, the truth, the life. I still remember when I got that gift, Jesus Christ. I became a new creation when I received salvation. My sins were forgiven. And now I have life. Oh, and it's abundantly living. So I must give credit when credit is due. Because Jesus died. So you don't have to. That's a wrap for this week's episode. Thank you guys for checking out the Christ Center Combos podcast. I'm grateful for all of you for taking the time to listen. If you're enjoying the show, please be sure to subscribe at iTunes or whatever podcast platform that you use. Also, feel free to leave a review with as many stars as you'd like, as well as any comments on what you are enjoying about the show. You can also reach out to me through email at ChristCenteredCombos at gmail.com. Be sure to check the episode notes for links to anything mentioned in this week's episode. There's also an option in the episode notes for listener support where you can support the podcast with any allotted amount. It's set up as a monthly thing, but you can cancel it at any time and there's absolutely no pressure to do so. It's just an option if maybe you would like to support the podcast. 
Again, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I'm grateful to be able to do this show and to share these stories, knowing that together, just as it says in Revelations 12:11, we can overcome by the word of our testimonies. This has been Christ-Centered Combos. I'm Kristen. We'll see you next time. And until then, stay encouraged and be blessed.